Okay, hello everybody and welcome to the 17th episode of Spiked, the OTL football podcast. Uh, I'm joined as always by my co-host Robert Vona. How are you doing, Robert? Spectacular. You know, it's a great it's a great Friday morning. Everybody's feeling good. We're switching it up a little bit this week. No more NFL talk. So it's yes. a great day to be It's a great day to be listening to Spiked as always. We're joined. We have a special guest this week uh, for our first uh, CFL episode. We're joined by uh, OTL writer and contributor Riley Knish. How's it going, Riley? Good, thanks. Uh, happy to be here and talk to CFL playoffs. Yeah, you know, so um, this Sunday it kicks off with the uh, the East and West semifinals. Um, Hamilton is hosting Montreal uh, in the East, and Saskatchewan's hosting Calgary in the West. So um, Argos and Bombers have the bye. So they'll play the winners of those two games next week. Um, so, yeah, I just, you know, I mean, I just first wanted to start with everybody's kind of predictions for these two games. Um, who do you think has the edge? Um, maybe a score prediction. Um, and who and who do you think is going to come out on top? I'll, t- I'll get us going here. Um, for the first game where I got them. Uh, Hamilton hosts in Montreal and I think that's a really exciting game here where both teams are kind of starting to hit their stride and find themselves you know Trevor Harris is the starting quarterback for Montreal now and he's fine getting his legs under him and uh, getting used to that Montreal offense uh, one big blow something that uh, we got to watch now is Eugene Lewis might be out uh, so that he might be a game time decision he's dealing with a hip injury uh, so that's something to watch because him and uh, Harris are starting to get that good connection there. Uh, so that makes me a little nervous for Montreal now uh, if they're without their best receiver, arguably best receiver. I know Jake Wanke had a great season. Uh, but then you go look at the, uh, the home team there, Hamilton. Mazzoli's starting to look like his old self. And I know no Braylon Addison again, but still uh, they're just they're looking good. And the defense, Simone Lawrence has had a hell of a season. Uh, he might be the defensive player of the year. We'll find out in a couple of weeks, but uh, no, two really good matchups here. Yeah. I mean, like you said, uh, obviously Trevor Harris took, took the reins as a quarterback for Montreal a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's been kind of a, you know, kind of a slow burn with him um, getting into the, you know, getting used to the Montreal offense and everything. Um, I think he was, you know, he'll probably be disappointed that they ended on kind of a sour note. Um, you know, just choking away that that lead to to Ottawa. Um, I have to say, as, as a as a Tie Cats fan, I was pretty happy watching that game. Um, you know, it kind of gave me a a stress free game to watch uh, on uh, the the following day against Saskatchewan. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I do think you know, obviously Trevor Harris didn't have a good year in Edmonton. Um, you know, he was traded and. They, you know, they're, they're going with uh, Taylor Cornelius over there, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I do think that he obviously is a veteran guy. Um, he's, he's been in the playoffs before he's had playoff success. Um, so I do, I, I do think that that helps um, that helps Montreal, but like you said, um, you know, having been to many tie cats games uh, at Tim Hortons field, I, I do think that, you know, home field advantage does play a big part um, in deciding this game. Uh, one thing I will say, though, is that uh, the Ticats and the Owls in the two games they played, they 
Um, the Ticats won in Montreal uh, 27 to 10. And the Owls beat the Ticats in Hamilton in overtime 23 to t- uh, 20. So, um, you know, obviously they, they split the season series. They, they both won away. Um, so I think, I, I honestly think this is going to be a really close game. Um, I think these are two great teams. Um, I was impressed with what I saw from Mazzoli last week. I, he, you know, he's been kind of shaky lately, but I think he, he kind of ended on a good note. Um, so, you know, and, and I do think that makes a difference for playoff teams as well. Like, you know, how they enter the playoffs. Um, so yeah, I, for me, I would, I would give Hamilton the edge. Obviously I'm, I'm biased, but I, I, I do think that this is going to be a really close game. Um, but I don't know if you have any thoughts, Rob. I know uh, it, it's going to be difficult for Rob during this episode because he's not as well versed in the CFL, but you yeah. maybe. Uh, to all you, to all you CFL fanatics out there, take it easy on me. Uh, <laughs> this is, I'm, I'm new here, but uh, I, I grabbed a few things. I'm seeing Montreal is leading the league in yards per game at 369 passing yards. Um, it's 22.4 points per game, the most in the CFL. And on the flip side, Hamilton is allowing the least uh, amount of rushing yards per game at 79. So these are, like you said, these are obviously two good teams going at it. Like they're very similar, I think. And I just think, I just think it really boils down to more of like a football standpoint, like first round playoffs and like you're at home. Like I, I really see, I really don't see an upset happening in the sense that the away team comes away with the win just because you got the fans behind you. Like, I think that alone just kind of propels you to be that much better than your opponent. So uh, if it means anything, I'm going with Hamilton this game. I know Jack's going to be happy with that one. So. There you I, go. I'll, I'll hop in here because I didn't say I. Uh, I think uh, I give the edge to Hamilton, but like you said, Jack, it's going to be a close game. And if Montreal can get the ground game going, William Stamback, you know, finished first in the league in rushing, and uh, you know, he, he if he can get going, it's going to be tough to beat them. And don't Trevor, then it's going to take the pressure off Trevor Harris. He, he might not have, face as much pressure from a defensive lineman standpoint. And uh, so if he gets, if he can get in a bit of a rhythm and he can pound the stand back, it's going to be tough for Hamilton. But, but then the same, same thing can be st- said for them where Don Jackson got going late in the season and you know some you got receivers stepping up in Hamilton. So it's, it's going to be a good matchup, but like you said, at home, it's going to be tough to beat them, uh, but it's going to be a good one. Yeah, for sure. Um, so next I wanted to move on to the, uh, the game out West um, where Saskatchewan is hosting Calgary uh, Mosaic Stadium. So again, I, I again I think this is going to be um, uh, uh, maybe not as close as as close, but I still think of a fairly competitive game. Um, I don't know. I've been I've been pretty impressed with uh, with the Rough Riders this year overall. Um, Calgary. You know, they, they've had an up and down season. Obviously, you know, um, Bo Levi was out early in the year for a bit. Um, so, you know, that didn't help their case. But, you know, they fin- they were able to finish strong and uh, and make the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, what, what, what are your guys' thoughts on this game? Uh, I, I think it's, it's – again, it's going to be a close one. Right? They played each other three times in a row a few weeks ago, and each game was a one-score game. So there's no blowouts, nothing, nothing. It all came down to the wire. 
And, you know, you got the brothers, Craig and Dave, but they know each other pretty well. So it's, it's going to be tough to game plan around that. Uh, but then it, again, being in Saskatchewan and, you know, those fans are crazy wearing with the watermelon heads. It, it might be minus, I think they're calling for minus eight or something like that. And so it's going to be a cold one. That's for sure. Uh, so if they get the ground and then, you know, I know I talked about that with the last game with Standback, but same thing can be said for these two teams where it seemed like this year, season the riders kind of abandoned the run a little bit they you know they got William Powell in the backfield and and he and he's good you know give him the ball let him let him do work and so they I, I'd like to see them get back to that because if they do it, it'd be tough to be and then adding Duke Williams midway through this season just kind of help on you know they were struggling with a deep ball there and he kind of came in and, and started hauling in those passes so no, overall, both really good teams. Uh, Stampeders, again, another team that's starting to heat up. You know, they won quite a few in the, the last half of the season there. So, I don't know, it's, it's going to be close games. But with, with, these, with the weather cold, being cold and at home, it's going to be tough to go into Saskatchewan and beat those riders. Yeah, similar to Hamilton, you know, Saskatchewan has a, a crazy, uh, you know, fan base and, the home, you know, the home atmosphere is just going to be insane. So um, that definitely plays in um, Saskatchewan's favor. But I will say, like the the Stampeders did, uh, you know, finish, you know, with, with on a pretty good winning streak. But uh, you know, it must be said some of the teams they beat were not great. I mean, okay, they beat the Lions by ten points. Um, they beat the the, the Red Blacks. Um, they lost to uh, Saskatchewan. Uh, 20 to 17. Um, yeah, the, 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 uh, the season series with Saskatchewan was, was, uh, I think Calgary won, Calgary won two out of three. Um, so, you know, take, make that, make of that what you will. But, um, I, I think it'll be interesting. I think there's two, you know, two great quarterbacks in this game. Obviously, I, I, I've, you know, I've always been a pretty big fan of, uh, Cody Fajardo. I think he's great. Um, super accurate. And obviously, Bo is, you know, he's won multiple great cups. Um, so he's very experienced as well. And uh, yeah, this, this should be this should be an, uh, a good game as well. Uh, what, what do you think, Rob? It's hard to it's always hard to follow it up after like, you know, all the all these things are thrown out there. And I'm just here. Oh, yeah, I think like this, this. But anyways, um, I know Calgary usually has that, I guess, feature to them where they're like they're low key always like a dark horse to kind of go into the playoffs and kind of make a run. So uh, I definitely think that plays a part, especially because their quarterback is as experienced as he is. Um, but I mean, the same thing, like I, it's, it's going to be tough to go into it. It just, you know, CFL, NFL, XFL, whatever you want to call it, go into the, go into the home team with conditions that they have and, and going into the home crowd as dedicated as they are. Like I, I find it really hard to just, you know, put everything together and kind of take them down. Um, what did you say the season series was, was it in Calgary's favor? You said, yeah, they won two out of three. Okay. So you know what? Um, that could be something that they keep in the back of their heads. Obviously you don't want to think about that too much because then, you know, it's just not going to work out for you. But um, I think this will definitely play out to be a good game just because of how Calgary's done this year, the experience that the quarterback has and combined with the fact that Saskatchewan's at home, and they got the fans behind them. So I uh, do think this is going to be a pretty good game to watch, but uh, I think I'm just going to go with Saskatchewan just because uh, just at home, 
Like that, I really think that plays such a huge factor. They're allowing 9.4 points per game from the passing side and allowing 82.5 rushing yards per game, second best in the league. So I definitely think that's going to play a factor too because I know the CFL is a little bit different in the sense that there's only three downs instead of four. So there's not really that much room to kind of, you know, build a run game and 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 kind of set things up because kind of more attack mode. So that's kind of, uh, that's kind of different, but I, I'm going to go with Saskatchewan. Okay, so you're going with Saskatchewan. Who, Riley, who are you going with? Uh, it's interesting just because, you know, the last two seasons, Saskatchewan's actually lost uh, playoff games at home. So I think that's something that's in the back, the back of their minds. They're saying, okay, we, we need to get this done. So uh, for that reason, I, you know, I, hate, I hate to say it, you know, being uh, from Winnipeg <laughs> and a diehard Bomber fan, but uh, I think the Rough Riders are going to take it. But it's going to be a close game. I don't, I don't think it's going to be a double-digit win or anything. It's going to be uh a close game yeah i was actually going to say the same thing that the uh the riders have had a tendency to kind of um choke in the playoffs recently um but yeah that i mean that it can either it can go two of one of two ways where you know either they they say okay that's enough we're gonna we're gonna turn things around or you know they continue the trend so um for me i you know what just just to be different because you guys both pick saskatchewan i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the 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 upset and say calgary big upset guy yeah hot take that's what we do on the show it it could go either way no yeah for sure um so next i wanted to talk about the two teams that um have the bye and will be hosting the respective uh division finals so let's start let's start with the argos um I was really surprised by the Argos season this year. I think a lot of people were, um, you know, they, they kind of, the, 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 the turnover from uh, 2019 was, was huge. I mean, they, they really, um, I remember I saw a stat, I forget what the number was, but it was like, they had very few players left from the 2019 roster. Like they totally kind of rebuilt um, and, you know, for them to finish number one in the East, I think, exceeded a lot of people's expectations um especially when you know they started the year with uh with nick arbuckle as their quarterback um ended up trading him to uh, edmonton and going with uh Macbeth, you know um so and and he's been really good um but yeah i i mean i i was just i don't know like did you i i wanted to just talk about kind of their season and and how they did like did you expect this at all from the Argos or were you caught off guard as well? Yeah, for me, it was going into the season, it was kind of, I thought the season was going to go one of two extremes, rather right? it was going to go really good or really bad. And it ended up being, you know, towards the really good side, but it, it's still a little bit in the middle there because, uh, you know, like you said, the, the, uh, the whole roster had turnover and not a lot of guys were returning from the 2019 season. And, you know, new, new first time head coach, uh, bringing a whole new staff and a whole new roster. And it, you just don't know what you're going to get. And, and luckily for them, it, it's worked out and they, they finished first in the East. But uh, yeah, going through the, the quarterback situation, going back and forth between Arbuckle and uh, Bethel Thompson there. You now it seemed like they were just kind of yo-yoing for a while, just going, they didn't really make a decision it just they just switched every, every couple of weeks you know one guy would get hurt so they put the other guy in and stick with him for a couple of weeks and then go back to the other when he got hurt and 
Now it's fine because they're interesting because uh, Toronto, uh, they nominated McLeod Bethel-Thompson as their most outstanding player. And, you know, he wasn't even the starter for, you know, a third of the season. And he had his, he had his really good games, but he also had a couple of not so great games. So I, I was interested, or I thought, found that interesting when they posted that. But overall, like good season, you know, he, they brought in Charleston Hughes, one of the best pass rushers in CFI history. And, you know, he missed a few games, but then we had guys like uh, Sean Oakman, a, a name I'm sure a lot of people listening are familiar with for different reasons. Uh, he, he, he was named an all-star and he had a great season as his first, uh, I believe it was his first uh, CFL season. And uh, so, so that was uh, cool to see. Uh, but just overall, I deep, pretty well, obviously pretty good season if they finished first. Uh, but but it, it was an entertaining. It wasn't there were no gimme games and no games that they went into. I don't think where it's okay. This is a easy win. There, I mean, there's no easy wins in this league. But uh, yeah, they had they had to work hard for their wins, and that's what you really appreciate. Yeah, I mean, I just you know I watched a lot of them as well. I was really impressed with their defense this year, like you said, um, Charleston Hughes. And uh, uh, Matt Botang, um, another uh, great defensive player. Um, yeah, I, I, like obviously, uh, I was kind of upset because you know they uh, they beat Hamilton. I think they at two out of three times. I think was the the season series. Um, you know, so yeah, like they're they're for real. And uh, I don't think, like you said, any of their games were necessarily like they weren't winning you know, kind of blowout games. Um, they were all pretty close. Um, but I think that that, you know, that's a sign of a good team where, you know, you're winning close games. Um, so yeah, just, just really, uh, really surprising, but really impressive, uh, with, with the, uh, with the Argonauts. Um, so the other team I wanted to talk about is Riley's favorite team, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers who are going to be hosting the West final and have, far and away the uh the best record in the cfl and I, I think you know should be favorites to win the great cup uh they're you know if you watch them this year they I, I just really think that they're they're a step ahead a step ahead of pretty much everybody else in the league um so what what were your uh what were your thoughts well yeah they 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 were the most dominant team this year. I think that's clear to anyone watching. I don't want to sound biased when I say that, you know, being from Winnipeg, but uh, that, they won some games uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good. You know, the, the one game, I think it was 45, nothing over BC, which uh, you don't, it's not very often you see games like that. <laughs> Nail biter. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they, they did win some close games uh, throughout the season. So, you know, like you say, that shows sign of a good team that they can win those uh, nail biters. Uh, but, but overall the team, you know, their offense was pretty unstoppable. It didn't matter who was running the ball, whether it was Andrew Harris or Brady Oliviera or Johnny Augustine, they all found success. So, you know, behind that, I don't know if it's just the offensive line or just the talented running backs that they have in the room, uh, but they're really good. And then you have Kenny Lawler, who is arguably the best receiver in the league this year. And he wasn't afraid to make the contested catches and he, you know, he was catching them all over the field. So you, you know, like to see that and the defense is you know up until the last week there they didn't allow one touchdown in the fourth quarter of the entire season so that's you, you never see that that's unheard of so and then you look at the special teams where you know they they, they struggled throughout the season 
uh, kicking the kicking game was an issue. Uh, they, they had a it was like a revolving door at that position, unfortunately for them. But no, they trade for Sergio Castillo, who hasn't been perfect since he's been there. But it's, it seems like uh, that's who they're going to be sticking with. And and they made a few uh, longer ones last week, I think it was. So uh, yeah, no, they they've been pretty good. And I think you, like you said, I think they are maybe favored to win the favorites to win the Great Cup. But come playoff time, you know, regular season records don't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter what sport you're in, you know. We've seen it how many times where the best team has been knocked out the first round or whatever round it is. And uh, so I think they, they're they going to have their work cut out for them, whoever they're playing come December 5th. Yeah, I, you know, I think when a team's biggest, like, issues with their kicker, I think that's a sign that, like, they're a pretty good team. Yeah. Um, so... I don't know. What do you have any thoughts uh, on either of the teams we talked about, Robert? Just like I find it really weird, or not weird, kind of sad that like the Argos are you know doing as good as they are, and maybe not a lot of people expect them to, and like they still get such little support from yeah. people across Toronto. So you know, I think I think that's pretty crappy. Um, finishing atop a division and having home field advantage. So I I just think that's that's the two extremes of the CFL where the, the, the Argos have such a little fan base. And then you go to a place like Saskatchewan or Winnipeg or wherever it may be. And, you know, everybody's right into it. So yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just uh two, two sides of the spectrum, I guess. It's just interesting, I guess. Yeah. I know, I know a total of one Argos fan. So that's, that's one more than I know. So <laughs> yeah, I, I can't say I know too many and that's, you know, uh, that might be a conversation for another day, but just, improving that fan base and yeah. improving ticket sales in Toronto. That's a, a major issue that I think the league's working on, but uh, it's going it's to take some time. Yeah. I mean, I think having a good team helps, right? Yeah. Like it, uh, but it, I think it's always just going to be tough because, you know, there, there's so many other things to do and other sports teams in Toronto that it's just, they kind of get lost. You know, you got the Leafs, you got the Raptors, um, you know, you, you the Blue Jays, you could even argue TFC. Um, so it's it's tough for the Argos to 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 butt in on that, you know, that crowded space. Yeah, I agree. It's a tough market. I would just love to see some more promotion and some more marketing for the Argos because uh, you know you see it for the Raptors and TFC and the, and the Leafs and so on, uh, but just don't see a lot of marketing for the Argos. So that's uh, uh, just just my thoughts. I don't know. I'd say yeah, it's a big issue. You could talk uh, for hours. We're coming that. for you, MLSE, if you're listening. <laughs> we get the marketing team listening because this is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So now we kind of previewed all the playoff games and the playoff teams. Um. So now I kind of wanted to talk about the three teams that didn't make the playoffs this year, and kind of propose the question to both of you uh, on which non-playoff team do you think is closest to making the playoffs next year so the three teams that didn't make the playoffs this year were uh, the bc lions edmonton elks and the ottawa red blacks yeah uh well i think out of those three it just it's easy to say just bc you know even brian burnham was talking about in his uh, uh his last press conference there saying that they have the pieces but they were just it was frustrating that they couldn't put it all together so uh, you know, they got a good head coach for Campbell. Uh, and so I think they're the closest, but for whatever reason, just, yeah, they, they couldn't seem to you know put it together. They got one of the best quarterbacks in CFL history, Mike, Michael Riley. 
and uh, so they have just like a good team. So it, it would be nice to see them just just start to win some games, and so hopefully, yeah, they can build on that next year. Uh, then you know, if you look at the other teams, Edmonton, the Edmonton Elks, you know, they they just fired everyone, so they're <laughs> they're uh, in the rebuild Lee mode. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the word I was looking for for the terms. So, uh, yeah, they they might take. It might take a year or two for them to start uh, putting things together, for lack of a better term. But then look at Ottawa, and you know they were kind of doing the same thing this last off season, where they they hired a brand new you know, head coach, and now they fired. And now now they're looking for a GM. Uh, so uh, I think Paul Apolis is, is one of the best coaches in the league. There's yeah. no no doubt about that. Uh, so just give them, you know it things don't happen overnight. They're not going to happen in one season, especially when they kind of had a, a carousel at quarterback there, just with guys getting hurt. And, you know, they're looking for that franchise guy, rather he's uh, on the roster or not. We don't know yet. Uh, but they, I, th- I think Ottawa can get things figured out. Just give them yeah. some time. That's why, you know, looking at Edmonton, I, I just don't like the idea of firing a head coach after one season. Yeah. So, especially when you just trade for your potential uh, franchise quarterback in a mid season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I just, I don't know what the thinking goes on behind or what the thinking is behind that. Uh, I know there weren't, there was a lot of uh, bad things being, or rumors being said about uh, Brock's uh, Sunderland there, the GM. So, uh, so I know he's out the door. So I think rather some people are really happy about that. And some people are really mad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the the yeah firing a head coach after one season, in my opinion, is just something you never, you shouldn't ever do. Yeah, I think it, definitely with Ottawa, I think you definitely I, I don't think you can put that on Paul Apolis because I think the roster was just um, not great, uh, and I think that they're definitely for Ottawa. They're still searching for that franchise quarterback. Um, you know, initially I obviously like. Caleb Williams came on the scene and uh, and kind of had that uh, unbelievable game um, right off the bat, and then it kind of, you know, it, it, it was kind of up and down from there. Um, but and then, you know, I think they, they still have Duck Hodges, right? Um, who they got from Steelers the, uh, legend? Yes, I knew I yeah. knew Rob would recognize that yeah. name. There we go. Um, but you know, I don't know if he's the answer either. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I think that definitely Ottawa and Edmonton are both, I think, a ways away from making the playoffs. But like you said, BC has a good roster. Um, they have a good quarterback. They arguably have two good quarterbacks, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, they have a great head coach who's you know has proven uh, playoff success. So I think they're, I think they're well on their way to um, to qualify for next year. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a ways off for, um, for Edmonton and Ottawa, but I don't know if you have anything to add Rob or, you know, uh, I just think, you know, moving on from a quarterback and we'll talk, like you said, we'll talk about this in a bit, moving on from a quarterback that's 36 years old. Um, not everybody can, as you said, not everybody can be Tom Brady and play to the end of time. It seems like, so, um, I think that's definitely a step. I don't want to say a, a step in the right direction, but it certainly feels like it because, it's just it's tough. It's tough for the it's tough for the quarterback and it's tough for the rest of the team to kind of feed off of it. So um I definitely think that's that's probably a good indication that 
you know, the team is moving on and looking to do bigger and better things, making the playoffs and, you know, going on a run. So. Yeah. So um, kind of segueing off uh, this last segment, um, I wanted to talk about uh, Nathan Rourke. So uh, Nathan Rourke was the backup uh, quarterback uh, for BC for most of the season. Um, He did start, I believe he started the first game of the season and the last, um, or at least he, he, I think he played half the first half of the first game. Um, and he played the whole, um, last game. Uh, the reason I think that he's interesting is one, because he, he, he had a, a great game, um, in the, in the final game. Now, you know, take that with a grain of salt because they were playing Edmonton who was playing their, uh, I think it was their third game in like seven days, which is pretty insane. Um, so, you know, pretty, pretty depleted roster and, um, you know, you you could, you could kind of say while they were, you know, they were playing kind of an, uh, it was kind of an easy win, but, um, I still think Nathan Rourke had a great game. And, uh, the other reason I think it's really interesting is that, he is a Canadian quarterback. Uh, he was born in uh, Victoria, and he uh, grew up in Oakville. Um, and it's very rare that you see uh, Canadian quarterbacks in the CFL. So I think it'd be really exciting if you know a, a, a young guy, um, you know, really kind of became a, a rising star in this league. So I don't know. What are you? What are your thoughts on uh, on Nathan Rourke? Yeah, like you said, uh, him being Canadian, I think that would be gr- so good for this league. Where if he could become that next great quarterback and, you know, become the face of the franchise for the Lions and, you know, give kids growing up say, Oh, he's Canadian. He's doing it. Why can't I? Uh, so I think that's something that would be amazing to happen. Obviously you don't want to put all that pressure on him as a player and, and he can only control what he can, can control, but uh, no, that'd be really good if he was able to do that. Uh, you know, like and Michael Riley, he's 36 years old. He, for the last couple of seasons, he's been taking a beating. He gets hit pretty often uh so you, you just don't know how long he could he can keep it going you know if, if he retired this offseason I don't know if he, if anyone would be surprised we would hope not because he's, he's great at what he does but if physically if he's if he can't do it then uh then he'll have to make that decision of course but uh yeah Nathan Rourke if he if he gets called on you know he played some time you know, in limited fashion and and the last week is his best game over 300 yards and I think it was uh, four touchdowns three on the ground and one passing. So, you know, he, he can get it done regardless of who the opponent is. Uh, so I, I just think it would be really good for this league just to have a, a great Canadian quarterback. And then hopefully that would open up the door for more great Canadian quarterbacks down the road. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I still think Michael Riley has probably has a couple more years left in the tank. Um, I mean, obviously again, it depends on, you know, if, if his body is physically, you know, able to perform, but, uh, you know, watching him play this year, I don't think he played bad. Um, he still has a great arm. Um, so I don't think that's a concern, but, and I do think that it's great that, you know, Nathan Rourke has, has, I mean, what, what, you know, I don't think I could think of a better guy to, to kind of sit and learn under than, than Michael Riley. So, um, I think that's a great situation for him. Uh, so, yeah, definitely rooting for rooting for Nathan Rourke, and uh, hopefully he can, uh, you know, become the next. Uh, again, I'm not putting, you know, not trying to put too much pressure on him, but um, it, you know, I hope he succeeds in the league. So, um, 
so yeah so the uh the next topic i wanted to talk about was the uh the most outstanding player nominees came out a couple days ago um so the the nominee for the west division is uh zach caleros qb for the winnipeg blue bombers and uh william stanback uh running back for the um montreal alouettes so uh i just wanted to get your guys thoughts um who do you who do you think has has the uh, has the edge for this award? Rob, you want to jump in, or you want me to take it? I feel I feel like I don't want to be uh, too biased here, but I feel like you're gonna lean towards more in the direction of uh, Blue Bombers quarterback. But um, I I think definitely definitely um, <laughs> Kolaros, just because leading your leading your team to the best le- best record in the league you know, home field advantage throughout the entirety of the playoffs. Um, and I'm pretty sure, did they not win the Grey Cup last year? Are they not yeah. the reigning champs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I just feel like it's 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 a lot different when you're at a quarterback position as opposed to anywhere else and you're, you're going up for, for awards like this just because there's such a more sense of, like, leadership and and really mm-hmm. making that much more of a contribution to the, contribution to the team's success. Um, so I'm going to go with Kolaros on most outstanding player. Yeah, uh, no surprise. Riley's picking a <laughs> player, but uh, no, like, I'm not trying to take any kind of biased approach to this whatsoever. I think Zach Caleros had a tremendous season going 11 and 1. I guess it's 11 and 2 if you count last week there where he started but only played for a quarter, I think it was. But you know, you look at his stats and 20 touchdowns, and six interceptions. So he, was, he wasn't turning the ball over too much. And uh, yeah, just leading the team to the best record in the league and being dominant. I think that's more than enough but I mean Willem Stanback had a great season too you can look at his stats where he was over the only running back over a thousand yards and he only played I think it was uh 12 12 out of the 14 games so uh so he was obviously when he was playing he was uh, very efficient you know he was 1100 uh, 1176 yards here I have uh from cfl.ca I'm looking at the stats here but uh, yeah, so he he's good for almost 100 yards a game, and that's tough in the CFL. You know, you know, Rob, you, you mentioned earlier how now you don't have time to set up the run game like you do in the NFL, and uh, so Stanback, you know, kudos to him. He, he's more than deserving of this award. So come award night, it's anyone, it's anyone's award. Anyone could win it between the two of those guys, and they're both more than deserving. Yeah, I I just wanted to uh, list a couple stats from both players. So. Um... So for Kolaros, he uh, completed 243 of 346 passes uh, for a 70.2% completion percentage um, for 3,185 yards uh, with a league-high 20 touchdowns and six interceptions. Um, And then for Standback, he, as he said, ran for a CFL-high 1,176 yards, three TDs in only 12 games. Um, so, you know, again, very, very impressive. Um, I think both players are very deserving, uh, of the award. So it could be either. Um, so yeah, the last thing I wanted to touch on the great cup is in a couple weeks, uh, it's on December 12th, uh, in Hamilton. So I wanted to get your guys, uh, predictions. Who do you think is going to be in the game? Who do you think is going to win? and uh, maybe a score prediction. Well, I'll start us off here and say 
I, I always try to avoid making predictions. So you're putting me on the spot now because I don't want to say, I don't want to jinx anything. I don't want to. This, this, this is what we do. We just, yeah, this is what we do. Hot takes. Like hot takes. You know, I don't want to put my foot in my mouth. I'll be regretting this in a couple of weeks or, <laughs> uh, you know, first place teams, I think are going to be tough to beat, you know, at home, like when the Western final, you're going to have the Bombers and hopefully that's a sold out crowd. It's going to be cold. It's going to be snowy. Uh, so they're going to try and get that ground game going. Uh, and they're one of the best rushing teams in the league. So I think they're going to be tough. So I think they're, they're going to have a good chance. And then, no, I, I think Hamilton's going to beat Montreal this week. And then you're going to have them traveling down the, what is it, QEW to, to Toronto. Uh, and hopefully their fans fill up the stand or fill up the stadium there and just, just to get a, uh, some more crowd behind it. Uh, but I think Toronto, they, they're going to be tough. But like I said, that, that's going to be a really close game if that's the matchup. Uh, but I'll go... I'll go the first, uh, the two first place teams. As much as I, I, I would love to see Hamilton play at home. Uh, I would, I believe it or not, I would love to see that. But I think it's going to be uh, Toronto and Winnipeg in the Grey Cup. And if it comes down to it, uh, I like my hometown Bombers in that matchup. Uh, with score prediction, uh, I don't know. I don't think any team would be hitting thirty points. I think it'll be somewhere in the 20s and it'll be a close game. So I'll say uh, 27 to 23, something different. That's my four-point game. That's my prediction. I think that's pretty solid. Um, for me, out of the West, I'm, I'm going to have to go with the Blue Bombers. I think they're, uh, they're kind of, like I said, destined to, uh, to go back to the Great Cup. I would love to see a, a rematch of the last uh, Grey Cup, um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with I'm gonna I think Hamilton's gonna win next week. Um, I I'm gonna say I you know that I could be biased here I probably am but uh, I'm gonna say they they win a close game against Toronto in the East Final, and uh, I'm just gonna go full homer and say that they're gonna uh, win the Grey Cup at home against the uh, the Blue take. Bombers. Hot it is take. a hot take. <laughs> Love it. Um, you know, I could, I could end up looking like an idiot, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you yeah. know what, this is, you know, uh, and then for his first score prediction, um, uh, I don't know you, you, hmm, let me see, let me think here. I'm going to go maybe a little bit more high score and I'm going to say 31, 27. Yeah. We like that 27 for the bombers. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of what I'm going to give out, and also just to put everybody at ease, like Riley, I know you said foot in your mouth and, and Jackson look like an, if anybody knows what it's like to just give hot takes and no. be completely off and wrong, it's me. I've given yeah. some, some takes on, on our previous episodes. Um, ridiculous. Like you'd probably listen back to it now and you're like, why is this guy even here? What is he yeah. doing? And he, why is he even stepping close to a football field? But Rob said, uh, what did you say? You said the, the, the I was, lion. I was, I was convinced once upon a time that um, it was, it was a couple weeks ago, the Detroit lions were hosting the Eagles. And I was thinking to myself, yeah. like, you know, like Detroit's playing way better than the record shows. And like, they've come so close. If Justin Tucker didn't exist alone, they would have a win. So yeah. Um, I was like, you know, like a big upset. Here it comes, and they were down like forty points by the third quarter. Yeah, I was like forty-four nothing or something. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it's just a it's little just bit off on that one. Yeah, just, just, just a bit outside. 
Um, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully I'm not too off here, but um, from the West, I'm going to go with Winnipeg because I think it's, it's no coincidence that you have the best team in the league and you clinch home field advantage throughout the playoffs and you're not prepared to do what it is you did last year. I think the experience coming off of a win, a great cup, a great cup win last year. I definitely think that plays a part into it. Everybody on the team knows what it takes to get back there and they're willing to do so. Um, and from the East, I really feel that just the fact that the Grey Cup is in Hamilton alone is going to propel Hamilton that much more. It's going to motivate them that much more. Um, obviously, at home this week against Montreal. Uh, and next week, I mean, who doesn't love to see a little Battle of Ontario, right? You know, Hamilton and Toronto, um, the lack of Toronto fans and the lack of support that they get. Uh, it's not, you know, it's not a terribly far drive for people from Hamilton to, to go over to, to BMO Field. So, We've seen, you know, it's a, it's a commonality too. It's not like, you know, this is a a once in a lifetime thing where Hamilton plays Toronto and Hamilton fans will make the trip. So I definitely think that's going to play a part, a part in it too. And like I said before, just the fact that it's in Hamilton alone, I think that's, that, that should be more than enough, um, more than enough reason to really go out there and, and give it your all. First score prediction. I just want to predict like a shootout just because I feel like that'd be great. Maybe like, 34 31 something like that just real high scoring just back and forth love to see it you know so i'm gonna go with uh the bombers also for uh for great cup champs back to back because again when your teams put up that much number i know it's playoffs and come playoff time you know you throw everything out the window but i really think it's no coincidence that when you're the best team in the league to that extent that you're not the favorites and and you, you can get it done so bombers 34 31 can I uh, can I just make a, a kind of a, a not a prediction? What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a comparison. That's the word. Uh, okay. You, uh, I'm sure you guys know about the uh, the 07 Patriots. They went uh, 16 and 0 in the regular season, and yeah. they ended up uh, losing the Super Bowl. I'm uh, unfortunately all too familiar with that with that uh, season. So just just throwing that out there, um, you know, could be kind of similar to. Uh, something that goes on uh, this year, you know, kind of the team that's the underdog in the, uh, in the championship game kind of upsets the team that everybody think is, thinks is just destined to win. So just, just, yeah. just, just throwing that one out there. Just keep you know? that in the back of your mind when uh, yeah. kickoff's going off at Tim Hortons uh, field. Yeah. Even more recent, you're looking at the last great cup. I think the Tiger Cats were the heavy yeah. favorites going to that one. And yeah, so, I'll throw that one back in my face, yeah. right? <laughs> well, no, maybe it's, maybe it's the opposite this year, right? That's what no, I'm saying. Where you know, come playoff time, it, it doesn't matter what seed you are, what your record was in the regular season, just you yeah. show up to play, and that's what's so great with the CFL too. It could be, you know, you could be down by two, three scores of five minutes to go in the game, and it, it's not over yet. So yeah. that's what uh, I don't know. It's it's exciting time, and I you know it's my favorite time of year. I know it's getting pushed back a little bit. To, chilly december but hey we'll be doing snow angels on the if uh for whoever wins i'm just, I'm just glad that the yeah happening this year and we get cfl football for sure yeah i, I think that's uh that's a great uh note to to close on um so yeah that 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 just about wraps up our uh the uh the 17th episode of uh spike the otl football podcast um i'll put all of our uh, links to our social media accounts uh, in the description. Um, as always, subscribe to um, the, the, all the OTL social pages as well. Subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating, 
um, tell your friends, join Spike Nation. And, uh, you know, um, if you, I'll give you the time now, Riley, if you want to plug anything, go right ahead. Uh, no, I just, uh, I hope everyone listening will uh, enjoy the episode first of all. And then get, uh, even if you don't agree with some of our thoughts, hey, by all means, just give us some feedback, but just, uh, you know, tune into the, the great cut or the playoffs here. And because, you know, there's only three weeks left of the uh, Canadian football. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you still got tons of time to enjoy your NFL, but just uh, got to appreciate the league and the sports that's, uh, that are in our own backyard here. So just uh, tune in and it's, it's really good matchups. You're not going to have a yeah. bad time watching these games. So uh, just tune in. Yeah. It's a great time. If you're not, even if you're not familiar with CFL, you know, to check it out. So um, unless you, you guys have anything else to say, uh, I think that'll just about do it. Well, thanks for having me on and look forward yeah. to the next, next uh, more, more CFL playoffs, I guess. For sure. Soon. Our pleasure. Yeah. Everybody listening, uh, you know, like you said before, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, uh, keep up to date with everything coming out, whether it's CFL coverage, NFL coverage, OUA coverage for football, you know, All we're, covering, football. we're covering everything here. So, like I said, if you want your problems to be solved, go to Twitter, go to Instagram, OTL Sports CA, click that follow button, you know, post notifications, tweet notifications, you name it. Yep. You're going to be covered. It's secret. So. Absolutely. Yep. Okay, guys, uh, that'll do it for this week. Uh, We'll see you next time. Have a good one.